Well, good evening, everybody. <laughs> it is so awesome to be back um, after four weeks, four and a half weeks, kind of. Um, and I hope that uh, for you during that time, you're able to, to, to take time to not think about school or take time to just be you for, for a few weeks and not have to worry about the stress and the craziness of, of, uh, of what uh, school semesters often bring. And so um, before we dive in, we, we have some new faces here. And so I wanted to introduce myself. My name is Ben, one of the campus ministers here. Hannah with the blanket on. Uh, she's uh, another <laughs> campus minister here. And Adam was, was leading. I don't see him right now, but he was, he was leading earlier on the guitar and, and singing. So um, we are so glad to have you all here um, to, to spend, honestly, your first Wednesday night here, too. I think that's incredible. And I want to honor you and, and say how proud I am of you to choose that, um, that way to spend your Wednesday night. Because you could be doing so many other things, um, but you chose to be here. And so um, good for you and be proud of yourself for doing that. Um, so this semester, Hannah had kind of talked about it a little bit ago, but we're doing a, a series called Base Camp, and I'm really, really excited for this series, as well as our Sunday morning series that, that uh, is called Ways of the Kingdom. And so does anyone know what a base camp is? Yes, yes, very good, awesome. So if you go to research base camp, um, don't expect to write like some kind of crazy book on it because it's very, very scarce on like what exactly base camp is. Um, but um, I've heard of this phrase base camp before, um, but sometime in December, I watched this amazing documentary called 14 Peaks. Anybody? Nobody? Yeah, Tim, Tim knows. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, so anyways, if you're looking for a good documentary to watch, this is a very good documentary. Um, I highly suggest it. Um, there's, there's language in it, but just the message as a whole, it's, it's a really good message, um, what, what the guy was after. Um, but basically... There are 14 mountain summits around the world that are over 8,000 meters high. These summits are highly dangerous, and many people, unfortunately, um, they, they, they die on these mountains trying to, to conquer them. Um, but there are some people who've done the crazy and wild feat of actually climbing all 14 of these summits um, in their lifetime. And... Uh, just so you know how crazy of a feat this is, there's only 36 people in the whole entire world who've, who've conquered this feat. Um, and oftentimes, well, the, the shortest time before uh, the guy who's, who's on the cover there, uh, the shortest time was just over seven years to actually do this. The first guy, it took around 15-ish years from the first summit to the 14th summit. Um, but this guy, Nimrod Perja, also known as Nims, um, 
this documentary specifically, was about his journey of summiting these mountains. And, you know, like I said before, the person before him, it took like just over seven years. He, he did it in just under seven months. <laughs> so like, that's, that's like a pretty crazy record. I mean, you, you have to, you know, train like, like a madman for, for these different summits. And, and he was able to do this in just under seven months, which is just insane. Um, but as he would go to get ready to summit these different mountains, he would always stop at base camp. And so um, this base camp is huge for these mountain climbers because it's where you go before you head out on the, the mission or the journey of summiting the mountain. Um, in this place of base camp, you get all the information about the mountain, like, you know, this is a good path to take, don't do this, because if you, you do this, you know, you're, it's not going to be good for you, <laughs> uh, not a good outcome for you. Um, uh, it's where you, you get acclimated to, to like, the altitude and the pressure, because, you know, it's, uh, like, 24,000 feet high, which is pretty insane. Um, it's where you build strength, where you get to um, build in, in nutrition and hydration to get ready for the climb because usually they don't take much um, for that journey up to the summit um, because you just take what, what you, you absolutely need um, because you're, you're going um, so high. Uh, you also get to build like, like a fellowship or a community with your team because um, oftentimes it's not just like like like, uh, you know, you're bringing 10 people to, to go summit this mountain. Usually it's you by yourself, and you get, get to know these, like, 10 or so people, and, and you're, you're on the journey together. And so it's a place to, to team build and get to know each other and, and bond with your teammates before going up the mountain. If you skip base camp, your results aren't going to be too good. But... If you do go, you have a high, way higher likelihood of being successful on your journey to summit the mountain. And so for the next several uh, weeks and Wednesday nights, you'll be coming to base camp. This, in a way, is our version of base camp. Um, full of resources and teachings to help us get ready for our quote-unquote summit, which is growing closer to Jesus and second, sharing his love on campus. And so to start us off, you might be wondering why are we starting with this, uh, but we're going to start with Sabbath. And so if you know scripture pretty well, Sabbath is actually on page one of the Bible. So like what better way to start the semester in the first week than starting with what, <laughs> what the Bible starts with, right? And so, um, yeah. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to, to Genesis 1. Um, and we'll be mainly in Genesis 2, but it's a good, good way to like kind of get, get your mind flowing um, with this. And so Genesis 1 and, and part of 2, it's, it's so hard to like, with everything that, that's going on there, to be able to, to like form it down into to what this is. So I'm going to do my best to not go too crazy um, because people literally spend like their entire careers researching Genesis 1 and its meanings and all throughout scripture. And so, but uh, the impact of Genesis 1 
is the impact for the rest of the story of the Bible. And what we're going to talk about is day seven specifically of this, this creation story. So in Genesis 1, we get this beautiful and strategic poem about a seven-day creation. There are so many theologies and guesses and opinions and other things thrown in about Genesis 1. Like, a lot. <laughs> and while we could talk about that, my main focus for us tonight is, is uh, to, to look at this seventh day specifically. Um, what we need to know is that the Israelites had a different view than maybe, maybe what our, our Americanized version of the seven-day creation looks like. And, and one of the big things that they view is, is that this big number seven um, uh, has a lot of meaning. And so all throughout Scripture, you see seven a lot. Like, there might be a pattern of seven. Um, and so uh, the author of Genesis is clearly having in mind this number seven because seven meant perfection and completeness. Like, it was that symbol for them. And so if you read Genesis 1, there's a lot there that uh, constructs and goes into the creation account with the number seven. And so it's something to pay attention to that should trigger our minds like, oh, this is something to pay attention to. That's oftentimes how, how the, the, the biblical authors were. They, they would symbolize and use these different patterns to help the reader or the listener to, to trigger in their brain like, oh, pay attention to this. And so I'm going to nerd out a little bit. This is the one time I hope to nerd out um, today. Uh, but with a bunch of sevens, so get ready to hear a lot of sevens. Um, in Genesis 1.1, the first line in Hebrew is seven words. The second verse is 14 words. There are seven paragraphs in Genesis 1.1 through 2.3, each marked by evening and morning. The concluding seventh paragraph in Genesis 2.1 through 3 begins with three lines which have seven words each in Hebrew. Each key word in Genesis 1-1 is repeated by multi multiples of seven in Genesis 1-2 through 2-3. God is repeated 35 times, land 21 times, skies 21 times. There are several key words repeated seven times, light and day on day one, light on day four, living creature on days five and six, and God saw that it was good. God speaks 10 times in Genesis 1, 1 through 10, 2, 3. Seven times being creative commands to the creation itself. Let there be. And then um, there are three times that are divine initiatives towards humanity. Let us make Adam, be fruitful, multiply. Behold, I have given you. And three is another common number as well to be like, hey, pay attention to this. So it's easy to see that this author is wanting to get our attention. I mean, of any of the chapters in the Bible, like, yes, pay attention to this. And, and if we truly, like, seek it and, and, and try to understand it, it helps us to, to flow into the rest of the biblical story. And so we're going to take time right now to read Genesis 2, 1 through 3, and find out... Um, what it's all about. So it shouldn't be too, too hard to find if you have your, your paper Bible. 
uh, it's uh, either page one or might bleed into page two. Uh, I'm struggling right now because my pages are sticking together. All right. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And so at the climax of creation, there's not this super crazy big, big bang kind of thing, or like, you know, something extraordinary per se in our eyes. At the climax of creation, we see God rest. And there are two functions for this word rest that, that would have been known um, in the Hebrew. And, and they'll be on the screen, yes. Uh, so the first is Shabbat, which means to cease from, and Nuach, which means to take up residence. And so as Tim, Tim Mackey writes it, God's rest is about God's presence taking up its rest within a sacred space by filling it with his divine presence. Creation is depicted as the cosmic temple filled with God's presence on the climactic Sabbath. So on the seventh day, God ceases from work and takes up residence in his beautiful creation. So what's cool about this seventh day is that there's no evening or morning when we read that, right? Did you notice that? There's no evening and morning. And so the seventh day has no end because it's a representation of a place where his dwelling, where he is dwelling with his image bearers in harmony forever. So the question is, what is Sabbath, right? If, if it's such a big deal in this first chapter, um, leading into chapter two, like, like, why does it matter so much for us? And so Sabbath is a day when we are reminded and remember this eternal seventh day that we will one day obtain in its full glory when Jesus returns to restore Eden and make all things new. It's a foretaste um, of the beautiful rest um, each time we Sabbath. And so God knew the importance of that Sabbath, and he even made it a command for the Israelites. And there are other Sabbaths, you know, that we won't get into today that are like seven-year Sabbaths and, and uh, like, like uh, you might hear the year of Jubilee, which is, is uh, like the, the Sabbath Sabbath in a way, which is, you know, uh, every 50 years. Um, and so, so there's a lot of Sabbaths that are constructed in, in this. Um, but uh, if we're honest, Sabbath is not always an easy thing to do, uh, right? Like we got school, we got work, trying to, trying to, you know, make time for everything, right? And so sometimes it's hard for us to, to truly be like, okay, I'm taking, taking a day to rest. I'm taking a, a 24-hour period to rest, take time um, uh, for that. But the thing is, like, like challenging, even for, for, for something for me to hear, is Sabbath is not always an easy thing to do unless it becomes a rhythm in our lives, like this was meant to be for the Israelites. And that's the point. Sabbath is meant to be something we naturally come to each week and remember Jesus. It takes trust, right, to cease from work. Because honestly, we have 
a tendency to overschedule and try to be a part of too much. But what if we say, you know what? I want to experience that seventh day rest. I want that foretaste of what Jesus is going to bring, of what was there in Eden originally. I want to say yes to Jesus and give him a day each week that is set aside as holy and purposefully uh, do so. And so I think like a big part that we need to remember with this is the aspect of trust. And it's, it's that I, I think also ties into, we hear tithe, right? Where we trust God with, with uh, a 10% of, of, of uh, finances. Well, what if we trusted God with a day? We got all this stuff going on around us. What if, what if we said, you know what? I'm still going to do it anyways. I'm still going to do it anyways. And let Jesus take care of the rest. Honestly, in our culture today, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> right? We're, we're constantly called to do the grind, to keep going, to, to keep fighting, to keep, keep hurrying, keep, keep that hurry up. And then we, we read this here where it's like, no, I want you to stop. I want you to remember me. And so, what does it look like today? And traditionally, Sabbath was observed Friday evening to Saturday evening. And so, if you can do that, awesome. But, like, there's also the thing of, well, <laughs> well I, I have an apartment and, and weekends are the time that that allow me to pay the bills and pay for groceries and stuff like that, right? Like, sometimes it's just hard to be able to say, yes, this is going to be my day. But maybe there's another 24-hour period that you could do. Like, we're, we're used to maybe a Saturday or Sunday, but maybe it's like my class ends at 2, and then I don't have anything until my next class, which is, you know, maybe 3 o'clock the next day. So you can say from 2 o'clock to 2 o'clock, that's going to be my time um, to, to Sabbath and make holy for, for Jesus. Or maybe it's, it's, again, it's just so hard for you um, in, in scheduling, um, which, which it can be for, for all of us, like, to be like, I, I don't know if I can necessarily do a straight 24-hour period. What if you try two 12-hour periods or four six-hour periods or, you know, split up to still make sure you have that time where you can take time to, to truly rest, truly remember Jesus and, and what, what, what he's done for you and what he's going to do for you. And so um, God modeled this right for us by resting on the seventh day and ceasing from his work. Like, like of all, the, all, all the, the beings in the universe who has a reason not to rest, God is the one that models that for us. And so if God was good with taking time to cease, then, then we need to be as well. It'll help you spiritually, help you physically, mentally. And so, um, man. It's just something that I've been convicted of over this past semester um, and fall specifically is just this aspect of taking time to rest. Um, so why vacation feels so good. 
when we get away and just get out of our normal. Because oftentimes we're not in a hurry when we're on vacation. We get to just enjoy that time. That's why break feels so good usually, because we're not in a hurry. We get to enjoy that time. So what if we could bring that feeling here? Each week, like, we, what if we could have that feeling? It's a foretaste of that, that eternal rest that Jesus is, is giving us. We let him take over. So I've, I've, in this season, because I was there, I've been more and more convicted that one reason why we are such a stressed, anxious, burned out, and completely exhausted society is because we've forgotten one of the beautiful gifts that was in the beginning, Sabbath. We've forgotten this beautiful gift that has been freely given to us. Like that's, that's the crazy thing is, is like, it's, it's a command, it's a call. Rest. Take a Sabbath. Enjoy my presence. Enjoy what I'm doing in your life. Take time for, 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 for friendship with God. And so what, what do you do on Sabbath, right? So I've got a list. I'm not going to explain everything because it's a, a list of things. And th- this list will also be in your connection groups as well um, to look at. It's not everything to do, um, but it's just like a primer to, to get like the, the wheels turning on, on how you can enjoy this rest with Jesus. Turn off your electronics, computers, video games, etc. Um, it's kind of an oxymoron because another thing is like do something that fills you. Video games might be a thing that fills you. So, but anyways, uh, maybe that would be a good one for you. Put your cell phone to sleep in a cell phone sleeping bag. Go to church or listen slash watch a sermon. Study scripture with a friend. Go into the woods and enjoy nature. Read a good book that's not for class. Play games with your friends. Work on a hobby. Take a nap. Work on recording your family tree. Paint a picture. Visit friends. Go camping. Enjoy a community meal with friends or family. Reflect on the week. Write a poem that expresses your thankfulness to Jesus and what he's done for you. Sing your favorite songs and do whatever relaxes you most. And so I, I want to end this section specifically tonight um, by reading this quote that, that was, that's, that's been um, life-changing for me um, when it comes to, to Sabbath. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we get new connection groups tonight, so we'll break into those, and then um, we'll, we'll go talk about um, Sabbath in our groups. And so this, this is the quote. In the diverse history of Sabbath practice, it has always been about one thing, inconveniencing ourselves one day a week to remind us that our time is not our own. Observance of the Sabbath should reflect the core ideal that the ultimate reign and rule of God has already been launched. If God is at work renewing creation, what does that mean for us to participate with our entire lives? Marking out weekly rhythms, whatever those may be, is an important way of reminding us of the story of which we are a part. Because honestly, it's easy to forget. Sabbath is about creating a space for community and hope. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this gift that 
Um, it's on page one of the Bible. And we get to see how you ceased from work after you beautifully created the world and all that's in it, and that you dwelled in it. You dwelled with your image bearers. And one day, we get to go back to that. So I pray, Jesus, I pray that for all of us, that we would take time, even though it's so hard, um, I pray, Jesus, that we would put that trust in you to, to take a day to rest, to take a day to, to cease from work and let you, you dwell in that day. To do things that, that, that maybe aren't, you know, in our, our normal um, realm of things we do. Um, it'd be something that, that we could enjoy in community um, with our friends and family. Um, but Jesus, I pray ultimately that we would remember, be reminded of the ultimate hope that is in you. That all things are going to be made new and currently are being made new. That we would will get to, to live in that restored Eden together forever in that seventh day eternity. And so God, I pray that we would take time to enjoy that foretaste of what's coming. It's your name we pray. Amen.